what is up y'all i am back for another podcast you guys know what that means i know what that means it's time to talk about some sports so let's get right into it again like i said previously hope you all have had a good week stay productive stay on top of your shit uh in school in life and all that staying positive because i know for sure that's what i have to tell myself every morning it's gonna be a good day we're gonna get shit done we're gonna work out we can just you know stay healthy eat good and enjoy life to the fullest nfl preseason is pretty much over the nba season is going to start in october and the nfl season is pretty much about to start so we have just a slew just my both of my two favorite sports sorry my like stomach hurt that's why i made that weird noise i was like kind of pressing in my stomach but we have both of these two sports both of my favorite sports out it pretty much be around at the same time that's just a blessing that i'm just happy for i know that's small but that's a big thing for me seeing both of my favorite sports around at the same time that's just really fun that's just really entertaining it's gonna be a good rest of 2021 and hoping it's gonna be i know it's gonna be a great 2022 i just know it's gonna be so without further ado without any do's or furthermores let's get into what i'm about to be talking about today so the topic of today's podcast is players they're gonna possibly be uh candidates for most improved or players are just gonna have a big jump in stats and performance for their team so some of these players might be on a different team next season but we'll talk about that but before that i'm gonna be talking about my top 13 players that are in the league right now that top 13 nba players for next season and then the final thing i'm going to be talking about are my best trios and duos in the nfl so that's going to be the last topic just so you all know the first topic is me talking about i'm sorry the most who i think could be a most improved who's going to be biggest impact for their team next year these aren't rookies these are established nba players they could have been a rookie last year but now they're sophomores they've at least had one year of experience in the league so no rookies so we're going to start off with my top 13 players in the league right now i'm going to explain why i think so and what they did last year and their impact on their team this year. So let's get into it. And number one, this may be controversial, but I got the NBA champion, runner up, JK. I got the NBA champion, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who averaged 28 points, 11 rebounds, 5.9 assists, shot 56.9% from field goal, and shot 30% from three point. Um, from three-point range and 68% free throw range. Also, this dude obviously won his first NBA championship this season, balled out, had an amazing game six. He had like 50 points, 15 rebounds, like 17 from 19 from free, from free throw range. This dude was absolutely unstoppable. And when Giannis is shooting the three efficiently, he is completely unstoppable. So that's why I have him at number one. At number two, 
I have the man who almost beat Giannis single-handedly with a hobble James Harden with Kyrie out of the lineup due to injury. Kevin Durant almost led that Brooklyn Nets team. So really, it's Giannis and KD are a 1A, 1B, but I had to put Giannis at number one just for respect because he won a championship and he balled out and played so well. But Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, most of his team was injured. I know he built that super team in Brooklyn, but every team has a good team, you know? So I'm not going to be the one of the guys that's just knocking on him, just dogging on him for being on the Nets because that's just boring. That's just repetitive and boring. So let's just talk about how great of a player he is. He almost led his team to the finals over Giannis, over a stacked Bucks team that's just was coached all right by Budenholzer. They're just an elite defensive squad. It was pretty much just KD out there. If his big-ass foot didn't get on that line, he would have been in the NBA Finals most likely and won another championship. So, obviously that didn't happen. Giannis won the chip, so that's why I have KD at number 2 slash 1B. So, KD last year averaged 26.9 points, 7.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists, shooting 53% from field goal range, 45% from three-point range, um, averaged 0.7 steals and 1.3 blocks. So, also, that just goes to show this dude can play defense. He's obviously the most elite offensive player we have in this game today. That's what I was going to say, but I forgot. He balled out in the Olympics this year. He wasn't the reason we won the Olympics, but he okay, he was the main reason we won the Olympics this year. The gold, we took home the gold. Obviously, the rest of the team balled out too, but he was that main main go-to guy that we would all go we would all go to the end of the games the old team we would all like I'm part of the Olympic team that the whole team would go to at the end of the games to support their boy because he was just he is just that guy I just watched recently Drew Holiday on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking about how Katie's just different man he's just a different beast and it was just insane playing with him and I could imagine how insane he's playing with him because it's just a guy who can do everything on the floor but he's seven feet tall. He's not like um, uncoordinated or anything like that. He's coordinated. He knows to get. He knows where to get to his spots. Drew Holiday described it as watching someone in warm ups, and that's literally what it looks like. Just thinking back, watching KD play, especially as of recent, it's just his pull ups. It's like literally just you had a warm up. Him, how he takes it to the rack. It's just like warm ups. So this dude is just such an elite player. So that's why I got him. At a 1B slash number 2 spot. At my number 3 spot, I have Mr. LeBron James. Small four for the Los Angeles Lakers. I know some people might think that's too, I mean, too low. They might still have LeBron at number 1 because they just think LeBron's the GOAT. I'm not one of those people that think LeBron's the GOAT. I think he's a great player. He's in my top 7 for sure, but he's not my goat and he's not the best player in the league right now for sure that's Kevin Durant that's the honest I know AD was injured I know LeBron was hobbled as well but he still could have got farther so last this that's why I have him number three but number three is still so damn solid LeBron is still one of the greatest players on the planet at 30 at when he and he's even turning 37 years old this year so props to LeBron on that I'm obviously a Lakers fan, like I've said in so many previous podcasts. So I want the Lakers to win. I want us to win another chip. So I hope Ron leads us to that. I hope his injuries don't derail, um, his age doesn't derail him too much. It looks like it hasn't, but we don't know. Just knock on wood.
All right, so he averaged 25 points, 7.7 rebounds, 7.8 assists, shooting 51% from field goal range, 36.5% from three-point range, and 69% from free throw range. Also, he averaged 1.6 steals and 0.6 blocks. All right, number four on my list is the man, Steph the Chef Curry. This man, he could have easily, easily won MVP this year with his play. He led the Warriors to the play-in tournament. They didn't make the playoffs, and they did lose in the play-in tournaments, but it was pretty much just Steph Curry and Draymond Green out there. And Draymond Green isn't a scorer. He's a facilitator. He's a leader and a defender. So it was pretty much just Curry is the only legitimate uh, scary scorer out there. Draymond's scary. Draymond's going to lock up one of your best players. He's going to protect the paint. He's going to be a leader on the floor, but he's not going to drop 25 points. Believe me, Draymond's one of my favorite players, but that's just that's not how that's how I play. I'm just part of the system, but he's the most elite player that's ever been part of. Like He's just the elite role player, and I don't want to diminish his play at all and his, uh, his accomplishments, but that's just how I, that's just how I see it. He's the most elite role player ever. He just does what role players do to the max level. He is most he's top five defender probably. He's just insane. Draymond Green is such a talent. But man, I'm talking about right now Steph Curry. That man averaged 32 points, 5.5 rebounds, 5.8 assists, shooting 48% from field goal range and 42% from three point range. And we know for sure this man took a lot of threes this season. And with Klay Thompson coming back, the Warriors are going to be a problem. The Warriors are going to be a problem. I talked about previously in the last in my last podcast, their draft. Um, they did great in the draft, drafting Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody at number 14 or 13. Both very solid players. I'm not as familiar on Moody as I am on uh, Jonathan Kaminga. I watched him on Jonathan Kaminga play at G League Ignite, watched him in high school. Watch him some in summer league. I watched some of Moses Moody too. I know both of them are great talents, and they're gonna fit in perfectly in that Warriors organization and Warriors system. So, back to Stephen Curry. Also, he's gonna probably be a great leader for them. Also, Draymond. But the reason I have Stephen number four is just because he is the best shooter ever. He's the best shooter in the NBA right now, and he balled out for the Warriors last year, and it could have easily been the MVP if uh, Nikola Jokic doesn't didn't get it. Speak and speaking of Nikola Jokic, y'all be surprised that I have him so low on my list. And for number five, this is tricky for me. I had Kawhi, but Kawhi's not playing next year, most likely because of his injury. So I really have 12 the best players. So this is the real number five. I. It's Kawhi for me. Like, the fifth best player is Kawhi, but he's not going to be playing next year. So, I can't really say Kawhi. So, I'm going to predict it's Anthony Davis. AD last year was injured most of the year. I believe this is going to be his comeback year. His best year as the Lakers to date. He averaged 21 points, 7.9 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. Shooting 49% from field goal range, 26% from three-point range, and 73% from free throw range. Averaging 1.3 steals and 1.6 blocks per game. Obviously, we know AD is dominant on the defensive end. He's uh, expanded his offensive game to the perimeter. You know, he's only shooting 26%. In clutch moments, he makes shots. He makes big shots. He made in the playoffs last year in the bubble. 
or two years ago. Crazy, that's two years ago now. Or two seasons ago. But, like I said, yeah, he's just an elite player on both ends of the ball. When I when I, when he comes back, he could easily jump in to that top three spot, surpassing his teammate LeBron James and becoming the best player in the Lakers. But I'm not going to disrespect LeBron. I'm not going to disrespect the other players by putting someone who's injured for most of the year in front of them. But for the rest of the guys, my bad. Um, next up, Luka Doncic, the Don, the future of the Mavs franchise. This man could easily be in the top five. He averaged 27 points per game, 8.0 rebounds, 8.6 assists, shooting 47% from field goal range, 35% from three-point range, and 73% from free throw range. He's such a dominant presence on the floor on the offensive event. He's not that efficient from three-point range, but he can still obviously hit the three. With his teammate, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, even though they're not getting along right now to the extent that they should be, Hopefully they do, because that could be a really dynamic duo. And if they don't, hopefully they get some uh, solid draft capital back for Christoph Porzingis, because that's a talent right there, and it's, there's no reason to give him away, give him away for nothing. Because Luka Doncic is, is such a great player. He's going to be a great player in this league for years to come. Everybody knows this. He's most likely going to be a great, like a one of the greats. Just on the trajectory he's going, he look that's look that looks like what's going to happen with his career and his future. So that's why I haven't been number seven. And number eight, we got James Harden. Uh, he was injured for some of the year, but he was in the MVP talk for the majority of the year after he was traded away from Houston. But the reason I have him so low on my list, I would have him actually higher, maybe it's possibly top five, top three. But he did that whole thing with the Rockets. It was all this drama, drama nonsense and joined the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to give you one point, one doc point, uh, a couple couple minus points for joining that team just this year most likely next year he'll be up there on the top um next season he'll be up there with KD at the top five because he's just such an elite talent and does so many things on the offensive end he pretty much he while he was balling out last year he led his team in assists he was the primary point guard for his squad just like he did in Houston a couple years ago so this is why I have him in number eight and number nine this may be upsetting to a lot of folk, but I have Nikola Jokic. I know the Nuggets balled out this year. I know there's such an elite team, blase, 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 but Nikola Jokic is such an elite talent. He's one of the best centers in this league, and this is fucked up to say to have him so low, but these other players played better defense than him. Uh, Luka maybe doesn't play better defense, but he's just more of an elite offensive talent. His team does better with him. But Nikola Jokic is a star for sure. He is the he was the MVP last year, even though I believe Nick Joel Embiid should have won it or Steph Curry. But that's actually kind of why I have him so on my list. I didn't even think he should have won MVP last year, even though the Nuggets played well. I believe Joel Embiid should have won it or Steph. This is Jokic's stats. He is such an amazing talent. That's why I have him at number nine. He's still such a great player. Average 26 points, 10.8 rebounds, 8.3 assists. See, pretty much average a triple-double. So I'm just sitting here like dogging on the dude when he pretty much averaged a triple-double at seven feet tall with his second-best player, Jamal Murray, out, the primary scorer in that squad. So he actually took up the scoring job for the Nuggets. He averaged about like 19 points last year. 
and now he's averaging 26. So, you know, scratch all that nonsense I was saying. He does deserve to be up here at number nine. Maybe potentially he'll pull out more this year and he'll be higher up on my list. Yeah. Um. Now for the next up, number 10, I have Joel Embiid, one of the runner-ups for MVP. The reason he lost is because he was injured for about like 20 games. Really messed up his case for winning it. But he, this is what he averaged this year. He averaged 28, 28 points, 10.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Shooting Sorry, y'all. I got a call or something in my the video literally just butted out. But I'm back. Our video, I mean podcast, butted out the video, the audio, whatever. Like I was saying, Joel Embiid, elite talent. The only reason he didn't win MVP is because he was injured for about like 20 to 25 games last season. But he did ball out. He, to me, is just such a lead on the offensive and defensive end. He averaged 28 points, 10.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists, shooting 50% from field goal range, 37.7% from three-point range. So this dude can stretch out to three as well, and 85.9% from free throw range. Also, he averaged 1.0 steals and 1.9 blocks. Now, the next player I got is Damian Lillard, who averaged 28 points. Dame Dalu, who averaged 28 points, 4 point. Um, to assist, um, rebound, 7.5 assists, shooting 45% from um, field goal range, 39% from three-point range, and 92% from three-point range. I mean, from free free throw range. What I want to see this season is Dame Dalla traded for Ben Simmons to the Philadelphia 76ers. It'll be a great fit for both of them. I want to see Damian Lillard on a winning team with a winning culture. I want to see Dame Dalla win a championship. Him and Russell Westbrook are like pretty much some of the main guys and Melo for sure. I don't want to see win a chip just because Dame Doll is just so exciting to watch and see him in the finals and deep run in the playoffs would be so fun to watch for sure. He balled out last year and that's why I have him at number 11. I believe he's going to ball out next year as well. Excuse me, y'all. That's what this list is. That's who I think is going to pretty much keep up the same fervor and be better next year because I have 80 at number six. But AD didn't really play last year, so that's why this is for next year. And that's why Giannis and KD are interchangeable, because it is counting some of last. It is counting last year, but it's counting my opinions on next season as well. So at number 12, I have Paul George, averaging 23.3 points, 6.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists, shooting 46% field goal range, um, and 40% from three-point range, and 80% from free throw range. Now, this, he's Paul George is pretty low on my list, and he can easily go up higher with Kawhi out. He can crack that top seven, possibly. Average like 30 for a stretch, just go off. I can see it. He's going to be the primary scorer for the Clippers this season. The main focus on defensive, though, on for defenses is so I'm not sure what's going to happen with Paul George. That's why, I got number, that's why I got him at number 12. But he did ball out this year for the Clippers when Kawhi went down. Him and Reggie Jackson. I saw Reggie got paid because he just was so good. Him and Paul George, that duo. And now last but not least, number 13 or number 12, whatever, Donovan Mitchell. This man, Spider Mitchell, is next up as one of the best shooting guards this league has seen. His first couple years in the league, he knocked out Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. Went up against Jamal Murray and had like 50 points after 50 points back-to-back games. He's just such an elite talent. So fun to watch. And I can't wait 
to see what he does in the future of his career. All right, y'all. Now that I'm done with that, let's move on to the next topic. Now, the next topic, like I said, was my pl- players that I believe in the NBA that will have a big jump in stats and performance for their team. So potentially most improved player candidates, but not really. Just players that I believe are just going to improve stat-wise. So I'm going to give you their stats from the 2019-2020 season, last season, and what I believe their stats are going to be next season. All right, let's get into it. And number one, I have a player that could have potentially won most improved player this year, Lonzo Ball, who has completely... Shunned off, shunned off all the haters. All the haters have nothing to say anymore because this dude, Lonzo Ball, is a hooper. He also did get paid this offseason by the Chicago Bulls. We all know um, Lonzo's story. Grew up in Chino Hills. Star at Chino Hills basketball. Went to UCLA. Homegrown LA kid. Problems in LA. Problems in Hollywood. Drama in Hollywood like there always is. He gets traded to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Balls out of New Orleans. Leaves New Orleans because they're not focusing on him that much, which was dumb as hell on their part because he's going to be good in this league. He moves on to Chicago. Chicago sees the potential in him. Now he's teamed up with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Kobe White, Nikola Vucevic. That team is going to be legit, especially with Lonzo Ball leading the helm. And I heard DeMar DeRozan say on Gilbert Arena's podcast why he chose. One reason why he chose Chicago. He knows Lonzo has not met his potential yet. He knows Lonzo is going to be a legit player in this league and someone not to mess with. So let's get into his stats and what I think his stats are going to be. So this year he averaged 14.6 points, 4.8 assists, um, 4.8 rebounds. I mean, 5.7 assists, shooting 40% from field goal range, 37 points. 8% from three-point range and 78% from free-throw range, averaging 1.5 steals and 1.6 blocks along the way. Yes, bro. As a guard, 1.6 blocks. So this man plays defense for sure. He's going to be adding some defense to the Chicago Bulls as well. Now let's get into his now his stats last year to show the difference in points and all that, you know. So he averaged 11.8 points. 4.8, this is the 2019-2020 season, 11.8 points, 4.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists, so the same in rebounds and assists, but he just keeps going up in points, shooting 40% from field goal range, a little little less in th- um, field goal range, 37% from three-point range, and 1.4 steals and 0.6 blocks, so a little less in the defensive category, and a little less in points, and obviously it's less in points because he improved, that's why I said he could have potentially been the most improved player in the 2020-21 season, but he wasn't. But next year, I believe he could possibly, possibly be, possibly be the most improved player, and this is what I think his stats are going to be: 18.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 8.9 assists, or 7.9 assists, shooting 40% from field goal range. Um, 38% from three-point range, and I think he's an average of at least 1.5 steals and about 0.7 blocks. That's what I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna have a he's gonna be the perfect fit in Chicago. Kobe White coming off the bench is gonna be a great fit for them. 
him leading that offense with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan would be really fun to watch. Lobs he's going to throw. They also did just get Derrick Jones Jr. in a trade. So he's going to have a lot of fun throwing a lot of lobs to a lot of players. That's why I believe his assist numbers are going to go up a lot. Also, I believe this Chicago, that the Chicago Bulls are going to have Lonzo Ball as their, obviously their primary ball handler. Not like New Orleans did and not like LA did. It's just sticking him in the corner. That's just my opinion. But we'll see. Next up, I have Kevin Porter Jr. There's a lot of guards on this list, just to let y'all know. It is majority guards. I got I, I got six players on here, and four of them are guards. Two of them are point guards. Actually, Killian Hayes could potentially be a shooting guard, but now you guys already know who I was talking about. Great. Okay, so, Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> okay. I really do apologize that you're gonna, y'all are going to have to watch three parts or listen to three parts. I keep getting a call. My alarm keeps going off. Just annoying ass alerts. But I'm back. Let me get back to what I was saying. So, Kevin Porter Jr., 2020-2021 season. He averaged 16.8 points, 3.8 rebounds, 6.3 assists, shooting 42% from field goal range, 31% from three-point range, averaging 1.7 steals and 0.3 blocks. So he balled out. He was obviously from the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's where he was drafted from. He was traded to Houston in a three-team trade that sent Mr. Harden to Brooklyn. Now Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green are like the new faces of Houston. And I believe Kevin Porter Jr. is going to make a big jump in stats next year. Like a serious jump. In 2019-2020, he averaged 10 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists, shooting 49% from field goal range, 31% from three-point range, and 72% from um, free throw range. So you can see in points, he went up in six rebounds, went up in um, 0.6, and assists, he went up in four. So this is what I believe he's going to average next year, just because it's a young Houston team. They're going to let the young players go off and just show their game. I believe he's going to average 20 points, 6.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, shooting 45% from field goal range and 36% from three-point range and 74% from free throw range. All right. So, like I said, he's going to have a dynamic um, thing going on with Jalen Green and that whole young Rockets squad. All right. At number three, number three, I have Killian Hayes. Such a baller. I just seeing this dude in the pre-draft workouts and in summer league, I was like, all right, this dude is going to be good. I like this finesse. I like his swiftiness. He just, he, he like glides through the court. So hopefully he balls out. Last year he averaged six. This is, this is his sophomore year in the league. So this was his first year in the league. He averaged 6.8, 6.8 points, 2.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists, shooting 35% um, field goal range, 27% from three-point range and 82% from free-throw range, averaging one steal and 0.4 blocks. I know that's not a lot of points, not a lot of anything, but he was injured. He had, like, a broken leg for, like, majority of the season, played, like, the last couple games, and actually played well. So I believe he's going to have a big jump next season. Also, he can maybe be playing, he may be coming off the bench, or he might be playing the two with Cade Cunningham, or he might be playing the one with Cade Cunningham. Kate Cunningham. I don't know what they're going to do with Kate Cunningham. 
but I know is killing all I know is killing Hayes is a hooper and I really do believe he's going to be a good player in this league I believe his stats next year are going to be about 13.5 points 3.5 rebounds 5.5 assists shooting 40% from field goal range 34.8% from three-point range and 85.2% from free throw free throw range that's what I believe his stats are going to be. I believe he's going to have a really solid impact for his squad. And now let's move on. And number, f- and number four, I got Karis LeVert. Y'all all know Karis LeVert's story. It's really sad. Uh, actually, last season he had cancer. Uh, he had a serious injury as well. It derailed him for most of the season. He did come back, balled out, went off in the playoffs, had a solid, a solid couple games. But next year, I believe it's going to be his legit breakout year in the NBA. In the 2019-2020 season, he averaged 18 points, 4.2 rebounds, 4.4 assists, shooting 42% from field goal range and 36% from three-point range. And last season, he averaged 20 points, 4.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists, shooting 44% from field goal range and 35% from three-point range. So... You could see he keeps going up every year by two points. I believe next year he's going to average 22 points, 5.5 assists, and 5.5 rebounds, shooting 42% on field goal range and 35% on three-point range. So pretty much the same in his field goal and three-point percentages. But I really do believe he's going to um, go open points just because he's going to be the primary scoring option for them. Even though they do have Sabonis, Sabonis is more of a facilitator uh, more than a scorer. So I don't really believe that he's going to be the primary scoring option. I believe it's going to be Karis LeVert. And if it's not Karis LeVert, he'll be the second primary scoring option. And I still believe he's going to average about at least 22 points and it's going to be his breakout year this year. He is, throughout his career, he's had a lot of big games. He was one of the reasons. He is Him and D'Lo and Joe Harris and all those guys put the Nets on the map last year. I mean, two years ago. So, yeah. This dude is legit. He's going to have a big career in this league. At number five, I have Marvin Bagley III. One of the most confusing careers I've watched recently because this dude is so talented. He's just not utilized with the Kings. And I don't understand if they're going to keep, bro, why they're just keeping him in, like, minute purgatory. I don't understand the thing with Marvin Bagley III. Uh, last year, two seasons ago, I believe his dad talked about how they should trade him to give him a new opportunity. And I, I kind of agree because this dude is talented. He deserves to be on a good team with winning basketball that actually focuses on him because I believe he can actually do a lot of things in this league still. In the 2019-2020 season, he averaged 13 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 1.8 assists, shooting 46% field goal range, 32% from three-point range. And... In the last season, he averaged 19 points, 7.4 rebounds, 1.0 assists, and shot 50% from field goal range. I mean, I said, I can't read my own handwriting. 19. He averaged 14 points. But that's what I'm saying. They're not even using guy to his full potential. So I really do believe if they don't trade him, I mean, if, if they don't trade him, he may not, like he may he shouldn't even be on this list really. I don't think he's gonna go up that much in points, that many in assists and all that. He might average. I, I want him to ball out for the Kings. I they picked him over Luca. They picked him over Trey. 
and I believe he's talented. He's a really talented hooper. He's just he was so fire to watch in high school. And he's just dope to watch in the NBA. He's a solid talent. He has all the tools. So I don't know what's going on with the Kings front office and their coaching staff and Marvin Bagley the third. I really don't. It should be a bigger story. Uh he averaged eight. I believe next year he's going to average 18.5 points, 8.4 rebounds. He's going to average 1.2 assists, shooting 46% from three point um, field goal range and 34% from three point range. All right. Now, last but not least, Mr. Human Highlight Reel, Miles Bridges. Now, this dude was jumping his ass off last. This guy was flying from everywhere. Like, if you were watching Hornets games, you could hear from the announcers. You can even turn the announcers off. And you could just see bro fly with Lamelo throwing lobs to him, with him just going by himself, throwing it, yamming it in. This dude, Miles Bridges, was is no joke last year. He's not. He's been no joke throughout his career. He's a solid pickup for sure by the big man, the main man, Michael Jordan. So that's obviously a great pick by MJ because Miles Bridges is going to be a solid player teamed up with LaMelo Ball for years to come. So in the 2019-2020 season, he averaged 12.7 points, six, I mean, 13, 13 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and shot 46% from field goal range and 32% from three-point range. Now, last season's points did go a little, more, a little down, but that's because LaMelo was there. Gordon Hayward was added to the squad. So Terry Rozier got more touches, but I believe it's going to be a little different next year. He averaged 12.7 points, 6.0 rebounds, 2.2 assists, shooting 40, 50% from field goal range and 40% from three-point range. So I believe next year he's going to average 18 points, 8.5 uh, rebounds, and 2.3 assists, shooting 50% from field goal range and 42% from three-point range. You could see last season he upped his stats in assists and rebounds and also shooting efficiency. So I believe that's going to go up and his points are going to go up next year. Lamelo's going to pass to him more. They're going to be in a more established offense. He's going to be a more established NBA player. I just think tomorrow, next tomorrow, next season is going to be his breakout season. All right, now just to get into some basic NBA news before I get into the final stuff. Jared Smith has been is officially declared eligible by the NCAA and will join the North Carolina golf team. Props to J.R. Smith on getting his degree, on going back to college, playing college golf. That's just fire. That's just cold. Like, imagine having class with J.R. Smith. Like, yo, that's J.R. Smith in my class, won a chip balled out in the NBA with Melo, with LeBron, with so many great players. So next up, you got Rondo and Grizzlies reach buyout, and Rondo is back with the Lakers on a one-year veteran minimum deal. So last year, he got his back with the Hawks, ran it through with the Clippers. That didn't work out at all. That's just their personalities didn't mesh, and Rondo is now a Laker again. I don't know how that's going to work out. We don't necessarily. Both of our guards aren't really shooters, but We'll work it out. Kendrick Nunn is also our another another guard for us, and he both shot forty percent from three, so we have a shooter right there. Now for some not sport basketball or football news, Jake Paul beat Tyrone Woodley. Beat Tyrone Woodley. My bad, Jake Paul. Yes, you heard me correctly. Maybe you didn't, because I was kind of mumbling and I said it kind of shitty. But Jake Paul, yes, he has beat Tyrone Woodley by judge's decision. I know, I know. I'm completely baffled, too. I thought Tyron Woodley had it, but 
I'm, I'm done talking shit. Even if this shit is rigged, okay, I I'm not that into it. I'm not that, like, deep into boxing. I can be like, that's rigged. Or, like, like these fools in a script, that's rigged. Or the fight was rigged. Like, no, I don't fucking know if it's rigged or not. Jake Paul won. Uh, judge's decision, whatever. He deserves his flowers. If he wants to win. I mean, he's obviously been training all that. So, props to Jake Paul. It was a close fight. That's why it was the judge's decision. Tom Ridley didn't really... Um, he didn't get knocked out or anything like Nate Robinson did or like Ben Askren got fucked up. But he did lose. Uh, There's a couple clips going around of Tom Ridley fucking up Jake Paul. He got some good hits on Jake Paul. So it was the best Jake Paul fight to date. But hopefully soon he gets some, box, some boxing competition. Because Tyrone Woodley was... He is regarded as one of the best welterweight fighters of all time but he is not a boxer he is a he is an mma fighter so it's time for jake paul to fight some real boxers he's proven to us he can fight now it's time to fight some real boxers all right now to get in some nfl news Jameis winston named as the saints saints starting qb over what's his name Taysom hill for the 2021-22 season Uh, Andy Dalton named as the starter for the Bears over rookie standout rookie Justin Fields, which is a smart decision because the Bears defense, Bears offensive line is not going to protect Justin Fields. Let Andy Dalton get hit. Sorry, Andy. We got to protect Justin. Uh, next up, Eagles trade for Gardner Minshew and send future picks to Jacksonville. So this could mean Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts are competing for the starting QB job. Now, Belichick on whether uh, Cam Newton or Mac Jones will start in week one. We'll have to see. We have a lot of decisions to make. This was, what, like three or four days ago? And look what happened today. Cam Newton was officially released by the New England Patriots. Mac Jones led the Patriots to victory, I believe, uh, on Sunday in a preseason. No, on Thursday in a preseason game over the Giants. So, you know. I guess he deserved the job. I didn't really think they should have. I don't think they should have fired Cam. Hopefully Cam gets another job with another team. It is not and doesn't retire or ends his career because I, I just Cam Newton was just one of my favorite players growing up. Now, just for some quick NBA news, James Harden says he's healthy and it's scary hours for the rest of the league. Yes, he was speaking in third person. James Harden said James Harden is healthy and it's scary for the rest of the league. So I guess that means it's pretty damn scary. Um, and this is what I was talking about earlier. Cavs land Laurie Markin in a three-team trade that sends um, Larry Nance Jr. to Cleveland and Derek Jones Jr. to Chicago. So it's great pickups for all teams. I can't wait to see all of them in new situations. Now let's get into the last topic. Best NFL teams coming into the 2021 season. Not necessarily the best teams, but the best trios slash duos. All right, and number one, uh, this is in no order. This is just, just, just me saying it. Baker, OD, OB, oh, I said Baker, I said OD. Baker, OBJ, and Nick Chubb. Then I got Zeke and Dak. Brady, Brown, Gronk, and Fournette, and Mike Evans, who won the Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill. You can you can exchange Fournette and um, Gronk. Ryan Tannehill and Brown and um, AJ Brown. 
and Derrick Henry. Aaron Rodgers for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, Zeke. I mean, Zeke. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek, and uh, what's white boy's name? Oh, my God. And Travis Kelsey. What did I even write? I, I said Keek. See, what? Okay. And for the Vikings, Adam Thielen, uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. And for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. All right, y'all. Hope y'all had a great video. Hope, I mean, great video. Hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. Hope y'all have a great day. Deuces. Okay. I have one more thing to talk about. My bad, y'all. I know this is like the fourth part. This is bonus. Bishop and the Bishop Sycamore versus IMG Academy thing. Oh my God. Thank God I went on Instagram and went back to my phone to look at this real quick because this is the funniest shit. No cap. I can't believe these fools played a fake high school. So apparently Bishop Sycamore is this fake school that's an online school that's filled with grown men. That um, This is if you guys don't know the story. Uh, a couple days ago, IMG Academy played Bishop Sycamore, a team that is kind of sus in the name because, one, there's never been a bishop named Sycamore. Usually you name schools like Bishop, Bishop uh, Charles, Bishop uh, Luis. I don't know. I'm just saying names. But Sycamore isn't a name. Sycamore is a place, like a tree. I think there's a Sycamore tree. So that was one of the, that was a red flag. Another red flag is they looked at the players in the in the database college database couldn't find any of them so that was another red flag they just saw a bunch of red flags uh long story short to make a short story longer it's over it's really over for the rest of the um it's over for them that i don't know what they were trying to do I don't know if IMG's a part of this and they're doing some sus shit, but it's pretty damn sus what they're doing. And that was just a funny ass story I had to talk about. <laughs> Literally, IMG beat a bunch of like old washed up fools that go to. Apparently, it's a community college too, so it's a community college. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an online school, so it's not even like it's not online. I mean, uh, a public school. They play two football games in three days, so they were just trying to, like, stack up whatever. Apparently, their head coach allegedly has a an active arrest warrant. And <laughs> there's dropouts who are nowhere near high school age. So, you know, that was just some bo- bonus content of me just talking about Bishop Sycamore. All right.